Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my lovely co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. We are so happy to join you today. And um, I just want to thank everybody for joining us on live. Um, I also, we had a clarification this week on our group. We haven't had any podcasts posted for a while on iTunes and Podbean and Spotify. And I just want to let you know we are aware. I went through some major staffing changes over the last couple of months. And so we are actively working on getting those uploaded. So just so you know, bear with us. They're coming. Um, You can still find all of our previous episodes in our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. So please find us there. Um, Today we are going to be talking about this whole month. We have talked about leaving abusive relationships, you know, how to do that with children, how to have a co-parenting relationship with an abuser. And um, this week, we're going to be talking about just the general dilemmas that come up where you may may know that you need to leave um, or your relationship is really not healthy and it's not getting better. And we want to talk about the uh, d- the dilemmas that come up that are really common for a lot of women. Um, one of the major ones that we didn't talk about on the week that we talked about leaving with children is uh, finances. And that is one of the main reasons that most women don't leave when they really know that they want to or they should. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that it's an unsafe situation. Um, so I wanna talk about money. Um, I also want to talk um, well, let's just start there. Let's, let's start there because that's money. a big one. Yep. <laughs> so, um, finances, this is one where a lot of women will say, well, my relationship isn't really that bad, but, um, you know, I'm not the main earner or my husband runs all of the accounts. Um, and one thing I want to point out is we are very often, um, we shy away from labeling or naming abuse as abuse. And I want you to understand that abuse is not just someone hitting you. It is not just physical violence. When your partner is keeping you from the finances, that is called financial abuse. When you don't have access to your own funds, when you don't have access to getting a job, Um, That's another one that I hear is when women um, are in a relationship where there's opposition to her even getting a job or having independence. That is abusive. Um, That is a control mechanism. Um, That is a power play to get you to conform and submit. So, um, you know, very often I'm hearing women say like, well, I'm, I'm not in an unsafe relationship, but... I don't have uh, financial independence. So please know the types of abuse that exist. There are lots of resources online. You can visit different um, domestic violence shelters or hotlines and you can really get a breakdown. And I bet it'll blow your mind that there is a much more expansive list than just, you know, he beats on me. In fact, some, some other forms of abuse are far more damaging. 
um, verbal abuse and mind games and all of those. They, yep. They're long-lasting. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, keeping the children in the middle and using them mm -hmm. as pawns. Like, there's, there's just a lot of different ways that um, abuse can take place. So the financial piece um, is not one to be diminished. Um, and I do want to talk about how if you are in a situation where you don't have access to your, your own money or you're being kept from having a job or um, sometimes there's a lot of um, programming around, you know, women should be at home with their kids and shouldn't have a job and that can be really used and weaponized as, um, you know, keeping, keeping control. Right, keeping you in a position that you're at someone else's mercy for um, for your sustenance, for your basic needs, and then um, really you're forced to tolerate whatever that person is dishing out. So um, there are a lot of resources available, thankfully, today. Yeah. Um, in in that situation, that is an absolutely valid situation to reach out to shelters and hotlines for. Um, and as we keep going in this podcast, if you have questions around, um, financial abuse and perhaps some things that you're experiencing, please put those questions in the chat box so that we can address them. Um, and I know Marie and I have experienced our own versions of, of different types of relationship abuse, um, which we'll talk about, but we also have blind spots because there's so many ways to experience exactly. um, suppressive and controlling relationships. So please, if we've missed something, put something in the chat box that we can address. Um, Marie, what is your experience around financial abuse? Fortunately for me, I did have a job and I have been financially um, independent most of my life. But it's a, one thing when you're when you have two people that are providing the income, and it's a different thing when you're on your own. So yes, did I have a little bit of financial security? Yes, but was it enough to you know, especially when you're talking about um, raising children and daycares and all of that? Everything is way expensive, and so yes, it's scary. It's um, it does put a hold on you because like you think, but if I do this, then, then, um, I'm not going to have access to X, Y, Z for my children, especially coming from a parent point of view, not saying that it, it, it doesn't happen for everyone, but a parent point of view, you're worried about what your, the basic needs for your children. Are you going to be able to keep food in their mouths? Are you going to be able to have the shelter that they need and all the basic things? Because mm. even though I had a job, it, did, it doesn't, didn't cover all of that, mm -hmm. right? There's no way I could make a payment on a house and um, barely made a payment for an apartment. So that that's a little bit, but. And this is where I think it's really important to talk about faith. Um, you know, I didn't even have children and that was still a massive fear for me. I did have a job. I had a degree. I had some savings. Um, but it still was 
one of my primary fears. It was one of the hardest things and it was something that was exploited. And and this is something to watch for also. You know, um, you can't leave, you need you my money to without me. <laughs> you can't make it without me. Um, you can't have, you know, the lifestyle you want. You know, you live in a beautiful house, where do you think you'll live if you leave me? Um, you get to travel now, you'll never get to travel, you'll always struggle. You'll always um, slave away for money. These were the things that were in my experience, um, you know, and, and it can be much worse than that, especially if there's children involved. That's a whole other realm of exploitation, you know. Um, you know, why would you want to leave? You know, our children deserve the best life, and, you know, you're going to destroy that for them. I can only imagine the things that would be said in that context. Um, they're going to grow up in a broken home, and it'll be your fault. All of those things are exploited. How can you look at yourself in the mirror and do make these choices, break up a family? Yeah, those are lots of mental abuse. And, yeah, the that you're going to bring them to a home because, of course, you're going to have to take a lower cost home which will put you in a in a in a different kind of situation yeah. and it'll be it will be harder and it is scary but that is faith it's faith that that you'll have the universe has your back that you um are strong enough to to you know maybe even get a better job or um that you'll have the support that you need and sometimes you have to get over pride um mm -hmm. for me I um, I did have to go on food assistance, and it was it was really hard as as a young single mom, and back then it was a long time ago. Um, we didn't have a card, so it didn't look like a credit card. It was very obvious that you needed assistance, and there was a big stigma around having assistance. And there's nothing wrong with getting help. Let me tell you, I I've worked my jobs, I've done my my you know giving back, and it was I had to change my um, mental framework about that. It, it's really okay to have the help, however it comes, and and it's just our pride that might be holding us back, because once. I was able to feed them. I felt a lot better, you know, about things, but being able to give them the extra things like, you know, <laughs> actually my kids still think it's awesome because cheese is their favorite thing, right? <laughs> and that was one of the things that I got, you know, help with. But I'm just saying at, there's always some kind of resource out there just not to let our pride, um, overtake that or any of the mental abuse of things around getting that help. I think um, what was really incredible to me was, you know, I, coming from abuse, I think we tend to get stuck in fear because we're calculating. We're calculating every step and trying to control, well, if I do this, then he'll respond that way and like this will be the safest <laughs> avenue. And so we kind of get stuck in that and, um, and so we get paralyzed in the, the financial piece too, waiting for it all to come together before we make a move. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some planning in place because I think that that is important, but it's also important not to over plan to where you never leave. <laughs> um, the I conditions know, will never be right or perfect. No, and when I did make the move, um, one thing that was really hard for me was the secrets had to go. Mm. You know, once I left, then it was kind of out in the open that, um, 
oh, it wasn't a perfect relationship. Oh, there were other problems going on. I wonder what's, what happened there. And that was hard. That was, that was really difficult. Um, that was a, a piece of humble pie that a lot of us, you know, are, we're giving up our image um, or that reputation that we had at one point because many of us have defined our worth by our relationship. So, you know, there's a lot of identity struggle happening, but once you do come out um, and you are honest about what's happening, you have the support. That's what you never get in secrecy, is if no one knows there's a problem, they can't help you. So once you do come out in the open and say, yeah, I need help, I need help and something is really wrong, then you open this door for so many people and the universe to support you through that decision. And I really did, like that, that was so profound to me. Um, it, it was a very emotional time just to see and receive all of that support. Um, you know, yes, there was pain in, in leaving and all of that, but it, there was also this just, just profound love that was poured on me that was like, oh my God, it was so, um, so incredible. And I know that that happens for many, many women. And, um, and so there's such a gift in the transparency and the honesty uh, and letting go of those secrets as painful as it may be. And miracles, it leaves room for uncountable miracles and uncountable blessings that you that you never could have had beforehand. Absolutely. And I think Abby asked or said that you'll never be enough. That's really the big one. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think a lot of abusive um, comments and behavior is all kind of pointing towards that, that mm -hmm. you are inadequate and that you're not good enough. And we believe them. That's part of the hold. <laughs> Nobody else will ever love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so I want to talk about, you know, outside of financial abuse, some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves leaving relationships um, that are really unpredictable um, and can be a bit crazy to leave. And, and I'm not going to uh, pull any punches. It is the most dangerous uh, time in, in your relationship to be leaving a relationship. Um, the first year is... Your fear is valid. Your fear <laughs> is valid. It's it's not unfounded. and. And that can be a, a really great or positive or really great or negative thing to say or to know um, is that you you are actually most at risk for losing your life or being um, victimized during that first year. Specifically, the first six months are the most intense. So knowing that, I think that we... Um, we should realistically look at how to protect ourselves. And, uh, you know, so as Marie and I were talking before um, going live, you know, we were talking about some things that we can use today, like recording, um, you know, we can, we can protect ourselves in some ways. Um, and in some relationships that would be more detrimental than, than not, it really depends on what relationship you're in and your intuition knows best about your situation more than Marie or myself right. could ever say, you know, you might be in a relationship with a really tech savvy person where that might actually put you in more danger. Um, but you know, like in my situation, um, you know, I was with a partner that was really kind of oblivious to, um, technology and, and my smartphone. And so I would sometimes record all night because that would be when things would be most unpredictable and he was drinking very heavily. And so I would go to bed 
Um, and I would just keep the recorder on all night in case something happened. Um, that was usually when a lot of the verbal abuse would happen. Um, so, and I've heard many examples from women where that has helped them in court cases, um, especially in situations like for myself, I was dealing with someone who was um, a detective. And so he, he was constantly telling me the, the friends that he had, the powerful friends he had and the connections and, and how unbelievable I would be. And so sometimes being able to catch the things that he was saying on, um, on audio was really empowering to me because it was like proof, no, this really is this person and, um, and this is believable. And sometimes it's proof to yourself. Yes. Um, I was a pencil and paper gal because again, mine happened a long time ago, but doing, even doing that, you can see patterns as you're documenting mm -hmm. things. You're able to see patterns because some of us need a little more convincing, right? If I'm ever in doubt, just start writing it down and then you're going, oh, that when he does this, I do this. and. I'm really not crazy. This is truly happening and it, it, it gives you a little more validation. So the documentation is super important. Even in, and, and if on the leaving end, if you leave, the documentation's even more important. You know, when you're dealing with children, making sure you're, you know, writing down the, the times that they didn't show up, the times that they, they didn't fulfill a promise, um, not, not like you're looking for a thing, but it's just sort of a recalling of history so that if you ever do get called to court, you can say, you know, these are the things I did for the children and this is, you know, the reasons why and um, the missteps along the way are just just more documentation. For those of you who are really in a very severe toxic relationship that there's a lot of tug and pull on kids. I, I think documentation is super important. Just recording, you know, all the missteps along the way. And, mm -hmm. and there are lots of people involved. They know attorneys, they know policemen, they know lawyers, they, and those threats are always pulled. And, and it's very, that authority presence, like we were talking about beforehand, is very scary. Yeah, it's very intimidating. Very intimidating. It's very intimidating. I, I wholeheartedly got a phone call coming in. Um, it was really important to look back at um, my journal and to see, even after I left, like, oh my gosh, that really happened, and it kind of feels surreal. And um, and there were things that it took me a long time to even talk about or admit that had happened because they did feel really surreal. Um, and, uh, we, I think as a coping skill, we dissociate, a lot of us dissociate. And, um, so we just kind of put it aside and, and we keep living our life. I know for me, I felt I had a double life going on. You know, I could show up to work and I could put away whatever just happened the night before. And, um, and I could put a smile on my face and, and life was fine. I was mm -hmm. celebrated at work. No one even knows that you're, anything bad's going on. No, no. And um, and I think that's true for a lot of us. So it is it is important to go back and remind ourselves. You know, sometimes those um, those audio recordings or those journal entries were really profound for me. Not 
or not, you know, I've never had to use them for court or any sort of legal proceeding, but they've been incredibly helpful for me personally to remember um, how strong I am that I came through that and um, also that, uh, that it really happened. You know, the, that's important too because sometimes you do start doubting yourself. And, oh, am I being dramatic? And, you know, am I blowing this out of proportion? <laughs> and then you go back and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> no. No, maybe I'm still minimizing, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, um, I just think that it's so important for, you know, if you can in some way record. And, and remember that that is case by case. Don't jeopardize your safety. If you feel, you know, <laughs> I remember there was one time, one time I got caught recording and mm. it terrified me because the amount of, of anger and threats that came from that was profound. And I remember going to a coffee shop and backing up and backing up and backing up. Like I had a thumb drive and I oh had an external drive and I just was so paranoid about um, having to delete that or him finding it. And, um, but those are little things that we can keep that are, they're something that empowers us. Mm -hmm. So, um, plus it's really cool to go back way later and go, look what I overcame. And, um, Abby had said something about that. I overcame this. Yes. And yeah, I'm a badass. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting to hear my own voice. Um, yeah, and it's even our hearing our own voice when we were weak, going, yeah. "Oh, I don't want to be in this place again where I let someone else overpower me, my thoughts, dictate how I live my life." Yep. Just, yep. Yeah, I just remember being very meek. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I do want to talk a little more about um, uh, the different types of abuse. We talked about uh, financial, and I want to talk about tech. Technology, that's a big thing um, these days. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I didn't really have to experience that. I, I did on some level because um, my, my former partner was a uh, detective. And so I know he tracked me as far as he had me followed and, and maybe had, um, I don't know if he ever put a tracker on me. I know he did with other people. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. But, um, some people are really familiar with like phone technology and their phone gets hacked. Some women get hacked for years after their, yeah. uh, part their, uh, relationship has ended and, um, and they can be followed because, you know, technology opens us up for that. So, um, you know, when you have a partner who is, you know, innocently wanting um, you know, certain apps to be on your phone that allows them to see where you are at all times. It's a big red flag. Um, and some of these things do start out really innocent and they make sense. You know, they're um, for your safety or they're, you know, why do you have something to hide? I'm, there's all sorts of reasons why these things get set up and then they become incredibly invasive and trapping um, and controlling as you mm -hmm. go. So, um, just be aware of some of those um, those pieces and get help. Like if you think that your phone has been hacked or you think that someone is using your technology against you, 
get help. Go to a shelter, go to someone who you trust that knows about technology and can really dig into your phone and remove whatever spyware or whatever has been um, implemented there. Um, that is really scary stuff. Um, get a new phone number. They, they, I saw something recently that showed for um, those situations that there's some technology coming out to where they don't have to have your direct number and they don't have to have your direct email. It's kind of like a third party software, which would be interesting to investigate. And, and that way you don't have to deal with that person directly. I don't know, it's worth looking into. Mm -hmm. I yeah, saw that. I, I'm I sure that, that there's a lot of creative ways now. Yeah. So. Um, I know a book that I really love is The, the Gift of Fear by Gavin oh, DeBecker. Yeah. And one of the things that he talks about that I thought was really helpful is instead of changing your number over and over, which a lot of women do, and then, you know, they find the new number and then you got to, you know, get another number and it becomes really disruptive for your own life. One thing he said was keep the phone, keep the number, get another phone. And I know that oh, there you this go. <laughs> can be, you know, this could be costly. So it may not always be um, something that people can do. Although you could, um, you could get a Google voice number, which is free, or you could get a, um, a flip phone that your number goes to and the, and you just leave it and you let them leave their messages and you let them think that they're contacting you but you have a whole other phone that you're able to um, live your life and and they don't they don't know talk to those that matter so um, that's another strategy to deal with some of the uh, technology stalking um, that can get really scary it can um, I'd love to see some questions if you guys have, because I know I, I know we're not even scratching the surface. Difficult to not worry about the how. Yeah, there's there's a lot of faith in in just you're never gonna have it all perfect. You're never gonna have every hole sealed, and um, there does that does get deal to with be things on the fly. <laughs> Yeah, there gets to be some level of, of trust moving forward. Um, trust in uh, your higher power, whoever that may be. Trust in yourself, trust in your community. Um, all of those pieces are important. Um, there's some degree of trust in the system, mm -hmm. although you know, maybe that would be something to, uh, to talk about a little bit as well because um, I, I know a lot of women do feel very betrayed by the system. You know, we are are kind of taught that when we reach out to the police, when we finally, you know, make the step to call 911 or a shelter yeah. or something, then finally they're going to get us out of there. And it just isn't what Always normally happens. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of legwork that gets to be done on your own. I know for me, um, actually multiple times I called, I reached out to a shelter, um, a local shelter and was not, I, I didn't really get help that I needed. And, um, and a lot of that was, I think, due to the fact that I was still working a lot of hours. And so um, a lot of the shelters cater to women who are not working and who are um, stay-at-home moms or you know have the availability to get there during business hours. And I, I didn't have the ability to talk on the phone or get to the shelter during business hours because I was working during business hours. 
So, you know, some of those things are the tactical problems. And um, I found the resources I needed. It didn't happen to be uh, a shelter. Um, it didn't happen to be um, the hotline. Mm -hmm. But I know that those things can be really helpful for some people. Just know you're going to have to push on multiple doors. There's always possibilities. There's just maybe you haven't thought of them yet. Mm -hmm. and, and there are lots of people to reach out to. You know, find find those people. Talk to a third party. It could be even your physician has yeah. has you know some resources. Your if you have a therapist, if you don't, there's a lot of them listed. Um, you can do that and just um, yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk before we leave where the. A lot of women worry about the loss of relationships. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. that one's, there's a lot of brokenness that happens when you leave. And and that might be keeping you there, too. If you've Especially if you've always wanted family. You've always, and you've really, you know, blended in. And, and the friends and everything's co-mingled. And then now you're looking to make a break. And... I think this is another reason why many of us go back and forth for so long and don't leave is because we know, um, intuitively, we know that this is going to cause a domino effect and um, we're going to not just be letting go of that relationship, we're going to be letting go of a lot. And one of the tragic things that happens in... Um, in the way that we have been conditioned as a culture is when one person comes out with uh, the truth about abuse that has been going on and they take that really courageous, brave step because that's hard to do. Um, when they finally do that, um, they are met with family who says, no, like you're being dramatic, that didn't really happen, I can't really see them being that way. Um, you guys just need to work out your conflict, you know, and figure it out. All marriages have problems. Like there's a lot of downplaying and minimizing that happens. And often you end up more ostracized by your family and loved ones. Um, it really shows people's true colors in a way that is really hard to mm -hmm. accept. And there's a lot of grief in, in coming to terms with the truth. And so... Um, just know that a lot of us are with you when that happens. A lot of us have had those experiences. And like we said before, you know, you are going to get help from the most unlikely places, right? So that you might be letting go of a lot of the people in your circle as it is because they're all going to get a very rude awakening, mm -hmm. right? They may be friends with both you and your abusive partner, and, um, and they may not be willing to let go of their own reality that they've created of that person and you know like we've discussed many 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 times you know the abusive partner is not a bad person no. they're not a demon they're not a monster they have good qualities and and abusive qualities and they can be really happy joyful people and have a dark side and so um, some people don't want to accept the truth that the person that they love and they, they know this one side of them has this other side. So be prepared for that and there is some loneliness that comes, but but um, as I you know shout from the roof, rooftops like forever and I will, 
I will continue to say this, you know, as we let go of the relationships that are not in alignment with our standards and self-respect, we also create space for the relationships that do. And so often we are keeping relationships that are blocking us from having the relationships that we really want. You know, you deserve to have relationships that honor your basic needs, mm -hmm. that um, give you the respect and dignity that every human being deserves, but you have to give yourself that gift. So if someone is not honoring you, you get to walk away. And so this is a, is a purging process. Mm -hmm. It is not a fun experience because you're not just going to be letting go of that one person. You're going to be letting go of a lot of people, perhaps your job, perhaps family members. It's really brutal. It's and, so worth it though. It mm -hmm. takes a little while to clean up, yep. but it's so worth it. So worth it. The other part I wanted to address just real quickly, because I know it's coming closer to the end, is yeah. that what Jillian said is that that they're they're not bad people. It, and sometimes each relationship teaches us something new. We both entered into this relationship and we both got something from it and are learning from it. And now we you know, that leveling up is an important part of the process. Now not saying they're there's anything bad or wrong, but we're human. And we, we sometimes, this relationship that we are in could be not, you know, um, ideal for either one, right? And yet that partner that may be toxic with me may go out and be with someone else and, and have a different experience. All I'm saying is, is to take out the right and wrong part of it and allow them to go their way and do their thing and even as painful as it is, like you said, there will always, always be other people that fill in that space that do honor you, that respect you, that mutual respect, that mutual honoring. And it's so delightful. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're holding out for the, the bigger prize, mm -hmm. if, if you want to call it. A prize is kind of a weird word, but you're just... You're holding out for a relationship that's more beneficial and, and for everyone. And I think, you know, I, I love the imagery of the seasons. So, mm -hmm. you know, we naturally go through winters. Winter is a normal part of our experience and it is letting things die off that are meant to die. And, um, and then that brings spring, right? Um, you cannot have spring without winter. You cannot have the glory of summer without uh, fall and winter, letting things die, letting them go. So, you know, if you can use that imagery to push you forward, fall and winter don't last forever. Sometimes I wish fall would, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're planting the seeds, and sometimes the crop fertilizes the seeds, if you're going to continue that metaphor, right? Yeah. It's that all that is not to no avail, because I know a lot of people think... I've had this history and I can't let go of that, but it's never, your time with that other person's never wasted. No. And I, I want to just encourage you that every relationship teaches us something, yeah. you know, about ourselves. And um, so, yeah, sometimes going through the crap fertilizes those seeds Absolutely. for the new one. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, when we're going into fall and winter, does that mean we regret, you know, well, now, you know, summer was wasted because we're going into winter. No, it just means you went through a season and now that season has ended. So 
Um, let me make sure we're addressing. So I Abby, saw a big one, yeah. Abby says, what about social media? I feel like that may be unsafe. Mm -hmm. For sure, I think this ties into that whole tech um, issue is if you know you feel like you're being stalked through social media it can certainly be weaponized against you so be aware of that and if you feel that that is being used to target you um, then you know that might be something that you take a break from you may have an alias you may get you know, police involved if it gets too rough document 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 um, one thing that is nice about technology and you know emails and phones and Facebook is that you can screenshot you can document and that can be helpful so um, use it where it can be an asset and uh, and limit it where it could be a liability Mm -hmm. Nicole says, this is how my ex-fiance was. I couldn't believe or tell people how he was with me as he was seen as a nice, caring, kind person, which he has great qualities. However, others would see glimpses of his dark side. It's just hard to leave that person when you know you love them, but they aren't good for you. I've seen this now that I'm out, and as time goes on, I miss him less. Yeah, and I think that that is, is such a, a key point. There's grief. There is grief in leaving toxic relationships and a lot of people don't want to admit that. Um, we like to think that an abusive person is this scary, horrible monster that nobody loves and why would you ever miss him? And that is so far from the truth. We are talking about complex human beings that often are the people we identify as the people who have loved us the most, um, who have been there for us the most and and they have also deeply harmed us. So it's a very complex um, issue and we get to grieve them and we get to be validated in our grief for them. So Nicole, there's nothing wrong with grieving that person, um, the good that he was, as well as um, knowing that he was toxic for you and that that relationship became um, something that hurt you more than it helped you. And um, remember, the purpose of a relationship is to enhance and nourish both people, not the other way around. And sometimes we, uh, we mix that up and we, uh, we start to believe that the relationship is the priority and that we must sacrifice ourselves for the relationship. That is the exact opposite of what a relationship is there for. A relationship is there to nourish you and empower you to be the best individual that you are for both sides. And if that isn't happening, then your relationship gets to adjust. Your relationship gets to change so that you are the most empowered version of yourself because you're on this planet to do some amazing shit. And if your relationship is holding you back from that, then that gets to be challenged. So that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and the same for them. They get to be the best empowered version of themselves. Yes. The relationship is, is part of the triangle. I'm an individual. You're an individual. The relationship is something we work on that's outside of who we are, right? Like this comes first. It has to always come first so that um, I'm honoring of myself as you well. You cannot have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person or persons in it. Exactly. If any of us are. <laughs> no. All right. I'm sure we have gone over time here. I apologize for that, but it's been a really, really it was juicy wonderful. 
conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we packed a lot of information. There's a lot to share about leaving a toxic relationship. If you have any specific questions that you would like to share with us, please feel free to reach out and let us know if you have any specific dilemmas that you'd like to talk about or you'd like us to address further. Uh, you can reach me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. And you can always uh, find us on our Facebook page or Facebook group, I'm sorry, uh, Braveheart Conversations. <laughs> Follow us there. You can find any of our past episodes. Uh, you can start discussions there. We would be happy to engage with you. And uh, as usual, we have a live every Thursday morning. You can join us. Uh, I forgot to even I know I was wondering what was next yeah let me pull this up for you because I do realize this is important and you can find our our future topics listed on um on our Facebook group but let me pull up next week's topic I think we're on episode 72 yes which is incredible all right here we go 72 is Honest relationship assessment. Mm, that's going to be good. Yeah, this will be really good. And hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to be honest and authentic with yourself mm -hmm. and your partner. Yeah, yeah. So that is going to be a juicy discussion. So if that sounds up your alley, then join us next week. Um, with that, I hope you all have a fantastic week. Remember that we love you all. And um, our heart goes out to each and every single one of you. Bye-bye, guys. We love you. <laughs>